DJ PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 Zone. Time to welcome in Craig Bowler, Jack, TV voice of the Utah Jazz. Bowler, good morning. Hey, DJ. PK, what's up? Uh, many things are up. One of them, of course, is the NCAA tournament. And Alex Barcelo uh, talking about killing time for a week leading up to the tournament mentioned uh, the possibility of playing hide-and-go-seek. And PK has been doing the hard-hitting radio journalism of getting me to tell hide-and-go-seek stories from my childhood. I'm assuming as an all-American, red-blooded male from the heartland, from Kansas City, that you have played hours of hide-and-go-seek. Oh, hours, you guys. Oh, my gosh. We called them. not. We went outside and did what was night games, as we called it. Pitch black, and um, it was always like in the summer, and you were sweating with the high humidity of Kansas. Um, yeah, yeah. There were a few tumbles I took, too, because what happens in the night, you don't see clotheslines or gutters uh, coming <laughs> off homes. And I did a couple of, I did a couple of cartwheels in my day for sure. Yeah, <laughs> you're on the injured list. You're you're oh. like Mike Conley. You can't go back to back. Oh, the, you know what? I haven't thought about uh, hide and seek forever. But oh yeah, yeah, it was big. It was kind of a neighborhood thing. If you made the call or you you know sent somebody out in those days, it was like okay, the word spread and everybody came out until you heard uh, a mother or a father honk a horn or uh, say time to come in. And everybody said, oh come on, another ten minutes. One of those things. It was it was fun. Well, you're not doing it this year, but obviously many years as an adult, though, traveling with the Jazz from uh, all these games that you play. And it's a, it's a pretty uh, tough travel schedule. How how do you kill time then? Oh, my gosh. You know, it was kind of, you know, at night it was like venture out, and we always tried new restaurants. It was kind of our own game of finding new places, or if we found – the spot that we would return and like St. Elmo's, you know, uh, that was uh, a place that we'd go and uh, Colvine just comes to mind in, in Dallas. It was a pizza place and it was, they always had these really interesting combinations, unlike, you know, the other call-in pizza places. It, this was kind of more of a gourmet place. It was kind of cool to try different stuff and that, that was on the menu. Well, yeah, it was kind of a dinner thing at night. And then during the day, it started off with a bus ride to, to shoot around, come back to have a production meeting. And then I just kind of hung in my room and just went through game notes, prep notes, uh, my chart. And before you knew it, the early bus was there and you just repeat, repeat, rinse and repeat um, on the road. There wasn't a lot of, you know, a lot of different things, PK, that you did. Um, it was, uh, we, you know, was he called living in a, in a tube, you know, plane, bus, hotel, arena, bus, plane, hotel, arena. That's kind of the way it went, but, uh, it was still good because what we're missing this year actually is having the chance to have those one-on-ones with players, uh, going to shoot around, sitting and talking after they, you know, they're done. Quinn has his media, uh, local and, and traveling, you know, beat writers and, so you miss the one-on-ones. All we're doing now is living by Zoom, and uh, I just miss the interaction, you know, the one-on-one interaction. So Conley is out. I'm assuming that this is the rest of the season. He's not playing back-to-backs. They want to keep him healthy for the playoffs. Right. They don't want to have him out for a run of two or three weeks. But I don't think it's anything to be worried about either. That's what you're thinking? Yeah, absolutely. I think this is just the plan. They call it injury management um, and 
just to keep them healthy. There's a lot. If you look at the schedule, there's you know several, if not off the top of my head, at least another four. I think this is the four or five sets of back to backs. There are there are two games, I believe, two sets of games that have a day off in between. But next week it's Memphis back to back. The Lakers series in April actually has a day off in LA between those two games. So maybe he plays both. We'll have to wait and see, but I'm guessing the way the schedule is, it's every other day, uh, basically. This weekend, a rare Saturday-Sunday off on the road, by the way, so you get some rest and probably one practice in before you you play Chicago on Monday then come back home. But after you get through this five-game road trip and you look at the schedule, it's it's pretty much balances back into the favor of the Jazz uh, with, with home games. There's a few more you jump out on the road for a couple, but um, this is the last East Coast road trip. I think there's a stop in Memphis, but other than that, it's um, they've gotten through uh, a lot of a lot of travel prior to the uh, All Star break and right after. What is it? Nine games uh, out of ten that they they've had, would have played on the road when it comes up Monday in Chicago. So we're talking about this earlier. I know that at this point, Joe Ingles steps into starting lineup and he's playing well, and so he'll do what he does. Uh, I'm, I'm wondering, we've seen the Ioni kid come in and be the ninth man when one of the top nine are out. Well, now they got Ilyasova, and they brought right. him in as somewhat of his insurance policy, but you got to get him some time here. So if you need him for a bigger role in the postseason, he has his legs under him a little bit. Do you think that we see him tonight? You know, I don't have any insider info, but PK, I'll be honest. I think he's watched the two. I think this is a perfect time to put him on the floor. That's just me. Um, you know, he's a bigger guy. Uh, he's got, uh, as you said, ability to defend. He's got a career 37% three-point shot. Uh, he spreads the floor. I think you have to respect him until he proves proves you're wrong. And obviously that opens space more for Donovan and just spacing on the floor. And Quinn says that all the time. You know, his offense and the way they play is about spacing. I think he, uh, Arson Eliasova, gives the Jazz, I think, a really good ticket uh, in that regard. So I think probably, you know, I mean, Quinn said it himself, there's not a lot of practice time, so he probably would have to throw him in. I think that was the quote, throw him into the fire. And, you know, agreed. I mean, there's not a lot of time. And he's a vet. I mean, I'm sure he's sitting and watching and picking up how the Jazz do things, tendencies, but also – I remember, you know, when him playing against the Jazz, uh, he's he's been a very impactful player. This is his seventh NBA stop on the tour, and he's always been a pretty uh, impactful player. So no matter where he lands, he's played well. He's 33, but PK, I think uh, maybe tonight's the night. I wouldn't be surprised. So Boston lost again after losing to the Jazz. They are yep. now right at exactly at 500. That looked like a good win for the Jazz. It felt like a good win. And everybody wants to say, ah, oh, the Jazz are back on track. Do you think they're back on track after the, the rough end before the All-Star break? And you know, they gave away a big chunk of a big lead against Houston and looked bad for about 10 minutes doing it. And then the Golden State loss. So are they, are they back on track from all of that, or it's still to be determined? I think it's to be determined. I saw things I liked. Of course, slow start, trail by 11. Right, you get a forty-point fourth quarter, impressive. So you put the game away. What I liked, and I think where Boston's going to struggle the rest of the way is the bench. Look, you know they've got uh, players that uh, you know in their starting lineups, and we know who they are, and Tatum and uh, and Brown. 
they both go, what, 28, nearly 30. So that's 60, nearly 60 points of their offense. But I didn't see much off their bench. The Jazz had a plus 24 in that category. You know what? The other thing, too, uh, the Jazz are getting to the free throw line, um, which is a good sign. You know, if you can get Donovan and Rudy there and Rudy making his free throws, at least they're showing more aggressive play and forcing the opponent, you know, to put a hand or a body on him. So, I don't know. I saw good things after the – I thought the first quarter was what, what's going on. I mean, you know, Boston came out and played like the Jazz have uh, before the All-Star break. And, you know, you, you lead by 11. But, you know, the Jazz don't panic, and I, I like that about them. I think the one thing is the consistency of Donovan – has to be better. I mean, he got the eight points in the fourth quarter, but, you know, it's kind of slow starts, and then you have to still wonder, PK and DJ, about bogey. Where is he? Uh, three of nine. You know, um, at times he looks timid. Uh, I think he's lost some confidence. But, you know, shooters come out of it, you know, and then they kind of come out of it like he has before. Then all of a sudden, all of a, sudden a shooter can go back into a slump. Um, you know, he's a powerful player. Maybe – like like Boone and, and, and Matt and Thurl always say from former players' perspectives, when they struggled, they always started back inside and then worked their way back out. So I don't know. I'm not giving advice, but those are just observations. I'm sure Bogey hasn't forgotten how to play. I think the turnovers have, have kind of uh, taken away some of his confidence, and I think he's got to rebuild that. There's no doubt because it seems like teams have now – uh, really zoned in on his ability when he starts to dribble into the paint and turns to his right. They're setting for him right there in the lane and picks his pocket about you know hip high, and that's been a problem. Live ball turnovers has been a big problem for the Jazz during this last uh, ten games. Yeah, especially early. You know the Warrior yeah. game, they had him right off the bat, and then the Boston game, and I'm watching that game. And, you know, just show you the dedication. It was my wedding anniversary, but we did watch the game. And my wife, we had some gifts that we brought. I said, well, i got to watch the game. And I, I texted this to DJ, you know, my wife, uh, hearkening back to our California days when we lived in Los Angeles and Chick Hearn. It was about four minutes to go. And she says, can we open the gifts now? And I said, no, the game's not over. She says, no, the butter's, the butter's hard already. <laughs> she quotes Chick Hearn. <laughs> so if you didn't live in Southern California to watch Chick, because there was no league pass in that day, he had this thing, whenever the Lakers had a lead and he thought it was over and there was no chance of a comeback, he'd say, this one is in the fridge. The door is closed, the lights are out, the eggs are cold, and the butter's getting hard. And he would say that every win in an era when they won sixty games a year. Yeah. Wow. So that was uh, so that and, and that Bowler statement he, came every night, every other night, practically or every night. three out of every yeah. four because yeah. he called yeah. every win. He would sometimes say it with like eight minutes left or the start of the fourth quarter because they're running somebody off the floor by thirty. But some nights he'd say it at a timeout with ten seconds left in a game. Because he didn't think it was over until yeah. right at the at the end, right? right and one end. one night bowler, and I'll never forget this. I had a station where I had to play the local commercials in the Laker Radio Network. It was my first paid job in radio, and they're playing the Nuggets in Denver, and they got like a twenty five point lead or something. They're just running them ragged, right? And so chick, you know, oh, this one's in the fridge. The door is closed. The lights are out. The eggs are cold. The butter's getting hard. 
And Denver, sure enough, with like the last six minutes, they go on this massive run. And they get within one with like, I don't know, 20 or 30 seconds to go, and they call timeout. The Lakers have a one-point lead, and Denver has the ball. And uh, and I think I think Stu Lance was the color man, and was whoever it was was giving him a hard time. Like, Stu, you put this one away. You've never been wrong. But, boy, it's tense now. And Chick is, Chick's not backing down. He's Jersey PK would have loved it. He's like, I'll tell you right now, if the Lakers lose this game after I put it in a fridge, I will walk back to L.A. Denver comes out of the timeout, inbounds the ball, scores with like 10 seconds left in the game. They take the lead. Timeout Lakers, they go to commercial break. I remember like it was yesterday. They come out from break, and the guys in the—well, actually, I think a woman directed the, the Laker broadcast in those days. But the people in the truck— Come back, and they have built a graphic, and it says 1,245 miles from Denver to L.A. <laughs> and and the, the, the analyst, I think it's Stu, is just giving it to Chick. You've never been wrong. This is it. He says, I, and Chick isn't backing down. I'm still not wrong. Magic's going to have the ball. He doesn't say anything else. He just says, Magic's going to have the ball. Sure enough. Lakers give it to Magic. Magic makes the magic happen. They win the game. And he's like, there was never a doubt. I put it in the fridge. He didn't good. have to walk it the was miles. Good, it was good stick, and he had Magic yeah. to back him up. So. Oh, absolutely, man. If you had that type of confidence, for sure. I was going to ask you, DJ, how much is that? Was that like a buck fifty an hour job back then? Um, it was minimum wage, whatever minimum was. I I want to say three fifty or something, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it was nothing. It was two seven hour shifts on. I had to work on Sunday and Monday nights, part time. And the Good Lakers pocket. played every Sunday night, so it was awesome. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I didn't yeah. have cable. That was the only way you see the game on Prime Ticket. So, good gig. Really good gig. Pocket money. Yep, yep. I needed every buck. So. All right, Bowler, so uh, you want to sit here now and predict they're going to sweep the trip, or that's the kind of confidence you lack? You're not sure the Jazz oh, are back. refrigerators. The refrigerator's open. <laughs> yeah, close, slam the refrigerator yeah, door three times off. before any yeah. of the games tip off. Oh, the thing is, gosh. none of these teams have great records. I mean, Toronto's no. better, and we assume that that's why they picked this game for Conley to miss. Right. They're better, but they're still under five hundred. Chicago, eh, eh. Well, you know, you look at uh, what what uh, the Wizards have, and when healthy, I mean, the Westbrook deal combo is intriguing, right? But, um, you know, the bench is what I keep looking at, and there's not much there for the Wizards. You know, again, I, I, I you always warn that you can't overlook anyone in this league. They're all in the league for a reason, so you have to go out with, I think, what the Jazz have to do the rest of the way, because all three games are definitely winnable uh, record-wise. Um, and I would think... You go about your business and play your type of ball. Try to you've got to turn you've got to just trim the turnovers down. And it's not necessarily the the number PK you made the mention. It's it's when they happen. It's it's like two or three in a row, and all of a sudden, what is a three point lead becomes you know you flip it by seven, uh, you know, and that's what tends to really stifle the Jazz. And you go not a oh man, you took them out of the flow again, and they're just errant passes or steals that just turn into easy buckets because the Jazz transition defense, look, you you can't get, you you don't get back in time. And those are easy buckets on the other end. So, you know, if you can be consistent from three, play the D that you're known for and uh, stay away from turnovers. I know that sounds easy, right? (laughs) But on the road, it's more difficult. But also the fans aren't around. And I I think, again, this year, it's, it's hard to tell every night Guys, because I, I really do believe the energy of the fans play a big part of, 
of the road and, and, and what happens at home for teams, uh, how you react on the road uh, when you hear, when you make it, when you have a turnover and you start to, you have to dig yourself out and find your own energy when the team, uh, you know, their fan base is yelling at you. But, you know, the bubble was odd. This is still odd. The Jazz do have fans back. Uh, hopefully as the season goes on and things start to hopefully improve, if they don't take a step back, you know, a, you know they'll allow a few more fans into the stands. We'll see how it works out. But uh, I think the Jazz can win all three. It's just a, it's a, it's just an, uh, the ability of, of having the confidence. I think they're trying to refine that, redefine that confidence after the stumble before the All-Star break. But, you know, even Shaq said it on TNT uh, a couple of nights ago. You know, he remembers when they went up and down in Miami. And I think it does it does happen. It's, it's hard to, to just make these runs uh, and, you know, go 20 of 21 in the win column. I mean, come on. It just doesn't happen often. And the Jazz have had a special year to this point. They stay healthy. I think the schedule starts to turn in their favor, especially with the home games, you know, on the way. Thanks, Bowler. We appreciate it. Okay, guys. No hide-and-go-seek, man. Your Achilles can't handle it. No night <laughs> no. games. I don't want you to no, blow out a knee. Your knees are tricky. I don't want to I don't want to hit uh, a, a rain gutter, man. I, I'm yeah. not in the mood for a cartwheel right now. There you go. Thanks, Bowler. <laughs> See you soon. All right. To Bowler's point, Chicago three games under five hundred. Toronto six games under. And tonight's opponent, the Wizards, 11 games under. Winnable games for the Jazz. We'll see if they get it rolling. They play the Wizards tonight at 5. The game is on AT&T Sportsnet. It's here on The Zone. Jazz game night, the pregame, starts at 4 o'clock. Mike Conley out due to hamstring management. Expect to see him back. It's back-to-back. Expect to see him in Tampa when they play Toronto, and Toronto's moved all their games there. That's their their home court for this year with the pandemic. All right, DJ and PK, coming up, we're going to talk NCAA tournament with Carlos Silva Jr. He covers the Texas Tech Red Raiders for the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. He joins us in 15 minutes, Aggie fans, gather around the radio. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.